0: Shut up and sit down. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Sharon Ferns, and I blog over at www.domchronicles.com. I also have a Patreon where I am sharing hot little femdom audio erotica stories. And if you'd like to join me over there, it's patreon.com forward slash dom chronicles, one word, no dash, D-O-M-M-E chronicles. I'd love to have you join me over there. And if you just want to support me to say thank you for this randomly (laughs) timed podcast or for my fairly regularly frequented blog posts, then I would love it. And thank you in advance. Also, if you are on Patreon, you will get the unedited raw version of this podcast, which is not what I publish, (laughs) just so you know. Right, we have quite a few questions to get to, so I'm going to make a start. The first one, um, when and how is the best way to raise the topic of DS when just beginning to date a woman whose interest is unknown? I think it's a a tricky question um, because it very much depends on how it's going with that person. For me, I have done some vanilla dating and I tend to bring it up on the first date in the getting to know you little chit-chat. I try not to make a big deal out of it. And if they ask questions, they do. And if they don't ask questions, I will leave more information for later. Um, Mind you, none of those have ever led to an actual relationship. So it would be useful for me to actually ask someone after the fact do you think there's a way I could have introduced it better? Because I think that's the only way to know, right? Whether you got into a relationship with with them or not, there may have been a way that you could have handled it better. The one thing I do always say to people who are dating vanilla and wanting to share things with their vanilla partner or partner-to-be is don't make it a A big deal. Like BDSM is pretty common nowadays, and everybody has some ideas, or better ideas, I guess, than they used to about what it is and they're less freaked out about it. And I think the best way to introduce it is to a be confident in what you're saying and not ashamed, and B, introduce it in a way that is not BDSME. And by that I mean You don't say things like I want to be a submissive or I want to be your slave or don't use BDSM language. Use something that they can understand. And by that I mean you can say things like I like it when my partner takes the lead in relationships or I like very much to please my partner in various ways that makes me happy, that kind of thing. If you're talking about kinks specifically, so sexual things, I think early on it's okay to say something about it but not to go into any details. So you can ask them, oh, have you had any kinky experience or something that opens up the topic without saying, oh, I really like this kink, which is an out-of-context kind of thing to up front it's like saying oh to a vanilla date oh i really like blowjobs it's just weird right so yeah i think it's a tricky thing to do but if you make it a confident sharing things about yourself and what this means for the relationship versus i'm ashamed of this and then start throwing bdsme words at them It's not going to go well, not least because the first thing they're going to do if you say, oh, I'm submissive, is they're going to Google that shit when they get home, (laughs) and nothing they find there is going to help you. Trust me on this. If you are dating someone, I wish you much luck with it. When you beat a sub, what are your favourite implements to beat them with and why? (laughs) I I like floggers because there's so many different types and you can really swing some of them. And I have one in particular that is a suede one and it's really soft and it's really light. And one of the nice things about it is that I can go as hard as I want and it doesn't really hurt. There is a lot of satisfaction in going as hard as you want and wailing on someone and knowing you can't really hurt them and that is its own level of fun but I like the the feel of it I like the feel of it in my hand I like that I can swing it with a bit of heft it's physically pleasing to me the whole process of flogging but I like canes very much I used to be scared of canes for a long time but once I got into them oh my goodness they are high reward low effort toys, and I'm very lazy, <laughs> so of course, I love that. I have some things that I've never really enjoyed. Um, an evil stick is a a very thin, whippy little nylon thing that you kind of flick onto someone's skin. I'm making some hand movements now so you can see them, <laughs> and it's very unsatisfying from my perspective. I think, you know, it produces some very nice stingy pain, but it's just not fun to use. I also have some broad paddles, and I've never really enjoyed that so much either for no reason other than, I don't know, they don't feel as good. I'll still use them though <laughs> if if something warrants. They're good for spanking because I'm a delicate flower and my, um, my hand's going to hurt long before someone's butt hurts, right? So having some sort of paddly implement is useful for that. In short, too long, didn't read. I'm not sure I have a favourite. Each has a place in there. If a sub hopes to get pegged in his future, should he begin his anal training now? These, none of these are signed. I'm wondering if they're all from the same person because they're all just one sentence straight into it. Let me tell you this, dear Asker, if you want to do some anal stuff, you do it, babe. You go for it. Like, have fun with it. You don't need my permission. You don't need anybody's permission. If you want to frame it in your head as training for future pegging, that is totally cool. You do that. But you don't need anyone's permission. You want to do some butt stuff, you go. Enjoy. As for should he begin, I don't know. I don't think it matters, really. But, yeah, if you want to, you go for it. Oh, (laughs) these are from the same person. Which is more important when practising for a future pegging, length or girth or both? (laughs) I'm going to go with, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not a size queen, you know, whether it's with some dude's cop that I'm playing with or having sex with or if it's with pegging. I don't care about size. I care about how things feel. So it it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't register to me. But if you're really wanting to, you know, if your goal and a lot of people do have these kinds of goals, is to take some huge monster cock in your ass, then I'd say both. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Okay, if I get any more of these, I'm going to have to move on. I don't think I'm gay, but would like to experience taking a cock down my throat someday and one up the ass. Is this normal? In the wide spectrum of human sexuality, normal is a very strange and unhelpful word. Do people feel like this? Absolutely, you're not alone. So there's nothing wrong with it. If you think you'd like to experience that or if you masturbate to it or if you want to just fantasize about it or if you want to do it for real or anything in between... That's okay. It's really okay. And you don't have to judge yourself for not being, in air quotes, normal. It's all good. You're not hurting anybody. You have your fantasies. Maybe you want to make it a reality. It's all good. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Enjoy Oh, okay. We're on to someone else for sure now. Hey, Ferns. Hope you're doing well. Was very happy to see that you're a fellow Australian. <laughs> I am a fellow Australian. G'day, mate. <laughs> you can tell I never say that, right? G'day, mate. G'day, mate. I could be like much more Australian than I am. I think I'm not doing. I'm only doing a really half-assed effort here, though. I did just say ass. So, you know, bit of this, bit of that. This will be a long one. That's how I roll. My last partner and I started reading about kink, FML, female-led. I don't know what that means. Fuck my life is what it means. I don't know what it means in this context. FLR, maybe, female-led relationship, and femdom, and incorporating it into our lives. It was amazing, but alas, life happens and we broke up. Oh, oh I did not see that coming. I'm sorry about that. Um, about a year and a half ago, I entered the kink world by myself. I became a member of the community. I'm all over FetLife. I'm listening to your podcast. Yeah, you are. I've also made all the mistakes new doms make, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about what I want and need. I know I want Lifestyle DS. My issue is that I get so many do-me submissives or people that I'm just not compatible with. I live fairly rural and travelling for one hot weekend of kink isn't my style. My question is, now that i am decided that Lifestyle DS for me, have I committed to a life alone? <gasps> oh, this is signed by H. H? Um, <laughs> No. <laughs> No, I would say not. By the way, I have sh- champagne here. Of course I do because this is a podcasting tradition. It is a um, Dominique Portet, which is not a proper for real French champagne, but it is gorgeous. And if you go looking for it, you should get some. Dominique Portet. So, no, you haven't committed to a life alone. One of the things is that is true for everybody is that finding a partner even in the vanilla world. It's just hard, like it's hard. Finding someone you like, that you're compatible with, that you enjoy doing things with, who you think is funny and is on your wavelength and all those sorts of things that make you fall in love, it's hard. And if you add kink in, then you have to have all sorts of levels of compatibility there as well. And it's tricky. I think being in a rural area and away from a big pool of possibilities doesn't help. I'm I'm in the same situation pretty much um, because then you are going to have to travel. I don't think there's any way around that and you are going to have to deal with the issue of someone moving if you want to see more of each other and that's tough. I have been single for a very long time because of this very problem. I just don't find people that I click with and I'm not someone who is easy to click with and I know that's a me problem I'm very reserved and I'm closed off and I'm difficult in many ways and I know that about myself so I'm not surprised that I'm still single and I think one of the things with when you're like that is that when you do click with someone holy shit (laughs) Because all of it is right out there then, right? All of this stuff that you haven't haven't had anyone to aim at is suddenly aimed at this person and it's pretty intense, which is something I love, but it's also a bit overwhelming for them as much as it is for me. So no, no, you have not committed to a life alone, but it's going to be difficult. I'm not going to lie about it. This is part two of H's question. Why is it so hard to find lifestyle submissives that are relatively close to me that are emotionally mature and that I'm attracted to? (laughs) Oh my goodness. People always flaunt about what they do have alone, but please be real with me. I feel like I'm finding a mythical creature, which probably isn't a bad thing because I'd rather compatibility than availability, but gosh, it can be a bit disheartening. Also, genuinely grateful for your podcast. Thank you for putting the work into it. It's helped me a lot with some issues I was facing with being a new Dom. I'm so delighted to hear that my podcast has helped you, and thank you for saying so. I appreciate that. I always love hearing that um, it's helped people. Um, Let me tell you a hard truth. (laughs) You want me to be real? I think some people connect more easily with people than others. So I think there's that also. I think emotionally mature and that you're attracted to is a nebulous set of things that, I mean, everybody wants, but depending on what you're attracted to. Like some people are just attracted to everyone. And I'm amazed by this, amazed. Like how does that even work? But I know like a whole bunch of women, and I'm a mature woman, a mature woman, (laughs) Um, And I know plenty of women um, who are around my age who go dating and they pretty much love every man they meet. And I'm just like, how is that possible? And then often, like usually, I don't know, often those men like them as well. But I also think that a lot of those women are still single because what happens is they like, 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 and then they don't anymore. So I think it's maybe they, they rush into things without really looking for what they actually want in a relationship. So it tends to be very surface level, very fast, and it burns out very fast. And I think that is gives a misleading idea of how those things work. So a lot of people who go on tons of dates and meet, Tons of partners that they think are amazing, a lot of them are just boom, 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 one after the other. And not nothing wrong with that if that's what they enjoy. But if you see it, you you tend to think, well, what's wrong with me that I'm not finding these people? And I think that's a a false perception that is out there a lot. And I also think that a lot of people out in the public sphere, unless they're very close friends... Don't talk about how hard it is to date and not just date but find someone that you can connect with because it's not sexy, it's not fun and people tend to talk about the things that are sexy and fun, right, and then gloss over the stuff that's not. And yes, it's disheartening. And for me, the disheartening thing, the most disheartening thing, I guess for me, is that I meet men that I genuinely like and they are genuinely good men and they are emotionally mature and by all measure they're attractive and I feel nothing and I get so frustrated with myself and I tend to do this self-talk where I'm going, well, what more do you want? Like what is it you want because you're being impossible but I can't talk myself into feeling it, you know, it. I can't talk myself into feeling it so yeah it's difficult good luck out there that's what I say good morning as always thank you for sharing your wisdom and insight I'm currently enjoying your podcast at work privately of course (laughs) you're welcome and I'm glad you're enjoying it and privately at work (laughs) Thanks for helping me pass the time. You're welcome. I'm wondering what you do now. I'm having quite a rough time with my husband as we struggle to reach a compromise with our sexual interests. Uh, this has increased over the years we have been together, but we are determined to make it work. He's interested in a 24 7 type lifestyle as a submissive. I am also submissive. Oh. <laughs> But I lean toward keeping BDSM in the bedroom, so to speak, rather than making it a lifestyle. He said if I want him to dominate me, that I can dom him into doming me, which to me sounds like it defeats the whole purpose. The whole 24-7 lifestyle sounds so mentally exhausting to me. Neither of us feels fulfilled and I don't know what to do to meet his needs that are so far from mine on the spectrum." I suppose this just ended up as me ranting, sorry. Maybe my situation is hopeless, but any advice would be appreciated. Oh, I feel for you. I feel for you. That's a really tough situation to be in. I I get what he's saying, but you can't change who you are for your partner. I mean, you know that, right? The fact that it sounds mentally exhausting and it's not going to be fulfilling to you means that his idea is not workable and it's unfair I think of him to put that on you I see I understand that he's trying to come up with solutions but it is putting the onus on you to make it work and I think that whole dom him into doming is not a great idea because it's not going to feel right to either of you even if he if he suggested it, he's not going to get any satisfaction from it because he knows exactly what you're doing, right? And that's not how most submissives get that feedback that makes them all happy. I don't have a solution for you. I wish I did. I think the 24-7 thing is the the kicker. Like if you just wanted to engage in kinky play, then there are solutions for you as a submissive, submissive couple. You could go and see a reputable pro-dom who enjoys working with couples and maybe go together once a month and she could dominate both of you and that might be enough to scratch that itch and to also hype each other up, you know, that you both had this shared experience together that was hot and fun and a bonding kind of experience but when you're talking about living as a DS couple that's not going to address that need the only other suggestion which is much more high risk and much more difficult is to open up your marriage and I suspect that that has already crossed your mind and I know that a lot of people go oh why don't you just But it's not just anything that is a huge and risky and difficult thing to do and to do it well. It's a whole, it's a fundamental change to your relationship. So maybe if it sounds interesting, it's worth trying seeing a reputable pro-dom who will work with couples because I think if you go together, that can be quite a, an intense shared experience that you can take then into the rest of the month until you see her again or however frequently you see her. Now obviously that doesn't work if you are not interested in being dominated by another woman and you never said either way. But, yeah, I don't have any easy answers for you, I'm afraid. I wish you both the very best of luck in figuring it out Thank you for sharing sexy advice. (laughs) Is it sexy though? (laughs) Do you address cuck fantasies? I have plenty. Thank you. I mean, I don't really address any fantasies here. I don't indulge anybody's fantasies. (laughs) But cuckolding's never been anything that I've been particularly interested in. I can see a very narrow... Um, sliver of uh, a certain type of cucking that might maybe possibly work for me. But the truth is I can't even find one man (laughs) I want to (laughs) spend time with and share intimacy with. So the idea of finding two is hilarious and ridiculous. (laughs) Hello, Miss. I came across your blog because I was Googling about femdom scams and saw that you had posted about that a few times. I've been sub or have always felt that way since I discovered sex in general really, but have very little real-time experience. I've had a session with a pro-dom and have profiles on a few BDSM dating sites, but I haven't found much local. But I got a message recently on FetLife from someone supposedly moving to the area soon. They messaged me on FetLife and gave me an email to respond to. I've had this on some sites before where it was plainly fake, but I wasn't sure about this one. They immediately emailed with an email that, while it speaks to a lot of my desires, seems forward for someone that I've never had a conversation with. I can send you the contents of the email if you don't mind letting me know um well this is a little old now so i assume this has been resolved but i have written about femdom scams on my blog quite a few times if you go there there's a category called scams and there's a few pieces on there which talk about common scams how to recognize scams how scammers behave what the risks are that sort of thing and this is red flag city because a they messaged first B, they immediately gave another email to correspond on, whereas if you're just having a chat to someone, why not stay on FetLife, right? Three, the email that I, they sent was a trigger email that hit a lot of sexy DSE, BDSME buttons. And C, the moving to the area very soon is never real. Never. <laughs> I mean, I feel sorry for people who are moving to an area pretty soon, but they're never real. This is what they say so that they can't be caught out by lying about being local. So it was a scam, and I hope that you didn't give them any money. But my overriding advice, regardless of anything, regardless of anything, is don't give strangers on the internet any money, ever, ever. If you're engaging a professional online dominant of some sort, they will be very upfront with you about how much and what you're paying for. They don't dangle a relationship in front of you and then do a bait and switch. Ethical professionals do not do that ever. So anyone who says they're interested in a relationship and then asks for money to prove your sincerity or to buy BDSM equipment or to book a hotel or any other reason. Don't do it. They're scammers. So I suggest that anybody who's listening to this who has wants more information about scammers, go to my blog dom-chronicles.com and look up the scam category. I've got quite a few pieces there about it. The other thing is you know that by him asking this question he had doubts if you have doubts trust your gut because we often don't listen to what we know because our hormones or our dicks or our pussies are controlling our brain somehow (laughs) but yeah if your gut goes i don't know about this it's probably correct hey ferns hope all is well It is, thank you for asking. I wanted to throw this question out after listening to your most recent podcast, so this would be one of the first new questions after you caught up. (laughs) Aren't I evil? (laughs) Good thinking, 99. Anywho, (laughs) I've been a fan of your blog and enjoyed the stories and, well, trials and tribulations you've shared for a good year or more now. So I come to you now for some general life advice. I feel a little like it's an extrovert's world, and even more so in the world of kink. I'm introverted and fairly shy. I was slowly building up the courage to attend a munch and hopefully make friends. Thanks, COVID. But it wasn't to be this year. What things do you think I can do to help make 2021 a better year for me? Well, for me and kink... I've just been having chats online from FetLife, attending some online events and reading kink advice books, but it feels more like being back at uni and studying than actually interacting with the world and others, if that makes sense. Quiet W. Too long didn't read. Shy sub wants help standing out. Um, this was sent uh, in December, so... I always say on my page for asking questions that if you want a quick quick answer, that is not the place to do it. <laughs> I think you're actually doing all the right things. I think you're taking advantage of of this time to learn and to interact with people and to go to online events, reading, educating yourself, and I think that will always stand you in good stead. I don't think there's a lot more that you can do right now. I hope that you are making some inroads into your local kink community online prior to them getting back out in the world because that will help so that when you actually go and attend something, you know some people from online and that will help your shyness because you can drop them a note and say, hey, I'm coming to this thing and I'm kind of nervous. Do you mind just holding my hand? And most experienced kingsters will be happy to do that with you. And the other option is to, if it's a munch, not a big event, but if it's a munch, they're normally small affairs, um, contact the organiser and say the same thing. And the good ones will ensure that you're not floundering alone there by yourself. So I think you're doing well, actually. Um, The only other thing I'd suggest you're saying chats online with Fet from FetLife, I would say join in some discussion groups there. And the reason for that is just because people will go to your FetLife profile to get a feel for you. And if all you've got there is a whole bunch of nothing, or it doesn't sound like you, but a whole bunch of liking booby pics, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna not like that so much really but if you've been having intelligent polite discussions with people about various things then that stands you in good stead it's like a your own you're creating your own reference sort of thing I always look at people's um, online activity where it's available and if I see them being funny and engaging and polite I like that very much if I see them just liking porn peaks, I'm out because i don't i don't think they're coming from the same place that i'm coming from with my ds desires so i know it sounds judgmental and i'm very judgy about it i'm not ashamed <laughs> i'm not ashamed i will judge the hell out of you and not you dear listener but you who lands in my inbox wanting to have a discussion about relationships If your feed is full of liking porn pics and worse, saying nice tits or something on someone's pictures, I see you and I will judge you. (laughs) My Ask Me page says, um, ask me a question or tell me something sweet. And this person has put, something sweet. (laughs) Hi, Ferns. Found your blog after recently joining Life, which is a bit like falling down the rabbit hole. I should have joined years ago. Anyway, listen to your podcast, which was brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. That's so lovely. I love the way you manage to deal with some quite heavy subjects in a relaxed and friendly manner, also with a humour unique to Australians. <laughs> if you don't want to give a blow job, don't, but put the fucking garbage out. That is apparently a quote from one of my podcasts. Does that sound like me? Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> this is from Awaiting Commands on Pet Life. Thank you, Awaiting Commands. That was very sweet. I'm just tr- I just wish I remembered the context in which I said that. If you don't want to give a blowjob, don't, but put the fucking garbage out. <laughs> Because it's pretty funny, actually, regardless of context. Hi, fans. Long time on and off lurker here. Recently, I read your entry, Why Sex Blogging is Bad for My Love Life, and it got me thinking. Do you think it is possible that all the years of blogging and other work that has you essentially overanalyzing your every relationship, you have created an idealized image of a partner that no one can live up to? perhaps on a subconscious level i'm sorry if this sounds harsh i didn't mean it to honest (laughs) that's from m um i don't think so and the reason i don't think so is because i have found what i wanted before so if i had no experience then i would say yeah maybe yeah maybe Because when you've got no experience, you do tend to draw a fantasy picture of whatever it is, you know, your life, your partner, your interactions, whatever. But because I've found it before, I'm in the unfortunate position of knowing what is possible. And I say unfortunate because it means that the extraordinary relationships I've had set a standard for the kind of connection that i want and i can't imagine having less than that and being happy and it's not that they were all the same they weren't not at all they were all very different but there is something at a i'm making this this whole body kind of gesturing motion there is a knowing and it's it's not even emotional, it's kind of instinctual. There is a knowing that I get when I find someone who connects with me in the way I need them to. So I think that makes me difficult and I think it makes it very difficult for me to find partners, but it's not a choice if you know what I mean, I don't choose to be like this. I I meet very nice submissive men who I really like and want to like more and want to feel that thing with that thing that I need, and I just don't. And I know from also from years of experience, I can't make it happen by force of will. I just can't. It either is or it isn't. There is no try. So, yeah. Oh, this next one is a pitch that <laughs> starts, Dear Editor, <laughs> I'm writing you to join your family of contributors. I don't have a family of contributors. Margaret. <laughs> so, no thanks. Thanks just to say, which I will probably edit out because it's not relevant to anything. I get a lot of pictures because I have a popular blog. I get a lot of, and I don't mean pictures, I mean pictures, like PR pictures. And those pictures are always, always, hey, I would like to write for your site for our mutual benefit. And what they really mean is, I would like you to give me free advertising, please, and thank you. And if I, if I know they haven't read my material, like this one had not, dear editor, like that's ridiculous, right, I usually reply with my starting rate is $500 because no one's paying $500 for this, right? <laughs> and mostly I never hear from them again, which is correct and fair. But I get a lot of these where they're just going, they're trying to pretend that putting their content on my site is a favour to me. And it's bizarre. Like, I don't know who who falls for that. Anyway, no one has ever yet taken me up on my $500 offer. But if they did, you bet I'm putting on my blog some post about erectile dysfunction. I will do it. Don't test me. (laughs) All right, next. Hi, Ferns. Love your blog and especially your podcasts. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Question for you. As a middle-aged, early 50s man, I'm just now discovering that gentle femdom is a real thing, but it seems to trend much younger. Do you know if that sort of long-term relationship is appealing and popular with middle-aged doms, 45 plus, as well, or is it purely the playground of youth? Thanks for all you do. Love plus kink. Well, I am an old dinosaur, so let me say this. When gentle femdom first started coming up as a term, I was kind of annoyed about it because... The word femdom used to just be short for female domination or female dominance. And over the last, I don't know, five to seven years, I guess, it has morphed into meaning the category of porn that is femdom. And that is all mean bitches beating up their lowly worm subs so as a result of that, I see things like I'm into female domination but I'm not a femdom because what people are trying to do is remove themselves from the idea that they are that porn category that is femdom. It's very frustrating. I will, I will literally hang on to femdom and they can take it from my cold, dead hands. It means female domination or female dominant or female dominance and that's it. It does not mean the pornified version of it. Anyway, so when gentle femdom started to come out, I was kind of peeved because it was an acknowledgement that femdom as a term had morphed into mean bitch. So then they needed gentle femdom to be the foil to that so gentle femdoms aren't mean like those other femdoms. that pissed me off. <laughs> I've reconciled myself with it now, but let me say this: most middle-aged doms, 45 plus, like and this is I can't speak for all of us, right? but I'm going to say it anyway. like female domination in all its spectrum of glorious different types of interactions and play and some may skew to a certain type some may skew to another type some may have like a mixture of both equally or whatever what I'm saying is that just because someone doesn't identify as a gentle femdom doesn't mean they're not going to be what you're looking for so do not be fooled by the label So I have never used the term gentle femdom in my life to refer to myself. But my DS relationships are full of love and sweetness and patting and kissing and cuddling on the couch and living, you know, a happy life full of love. The reason I don't say I'm a gentle femdom is because sometimes I want to play and the ways I want to play run the spectrum And if my submissive likes some heavy pain play, I'm happy to do it. If my submissive likes to be pegged, I'm happy to do it because what I get off on is the reactions that he provides for me. That's what feeds me. So the kinks themselves, whether they're gentle or not, are largely immaterial to me. So to you, what I would say is, Forget the labels. Gentle femdom is a new term and that's probably why it skews young. Talk to women who you're interested in. Talk about what they like. Don't use labels to define what they're into because it doesn't work. And even if you try to do that and someone was into gentle femdom, a lot of those gentle femdom folks also are into a whole wide and different spectrum of things that some people would say, oh, that's not gentle femdom, you know. So, yeah, ignore the labels and look a little deeper. Pretty sure that what you want is not the domain of gentle femdom youngsters. That's all I'm saying. Good luck with that. Wonderful Madam Ferns, I find your writings to be titillating, humorous, thought provoking, and emotional. I'm captivated with the way you express your emotions and quite often mine. Aha, oh, thank you. I'm so glad it resonates with you. I always like hearing that. I know you shy away from shameless self-promotion. Honestly, just being yourself is all the promotion you need. However, I wonder if you have ever compiled a list of your top 100 most flattering comments. I would love to make that list. Regards, fanboy chuckles I think this is in relation to something I have I posted I think on Twitter where I said you know I really should put together a list of all the nice things that people have said about me so that when I'm feeling a little bit down I can look at them and go yeah you know it's worthwhile So if I get, say, you know, some hateful emails or just something negative or I just feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing all this for, I can go to that document and feel better about myself and about the work I do. So, yeah, look, dear fanboy, if you would like to do that, I would love for you to do that. I think a lot of those those nice comments come through in emails to me and I should include those as well but if you would like to trawl through public things that people have said I would appreciate that so much I think that would be lovely and thank you for your offer hi fans greetings from a fellow introvert long-time lurker first-time writer no I love that thank you for de-lurking for me It feels a little cliché to begin with a barrage of obsequious thank yous, but don't be silly, I enjoy obsequious thank yous. You seem like you're okay with it. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Well spotted. So, thank you, capitals. Really, more than I can say. As somebody who only discovered their submissive orientation later in life, trying to wade through an ocean of femdom porn and male fantasy bullshit as I worked on trying to unravel my own inner self was beyond frustrating. I kind of get why Bitchy Jones is always so pissed off. <gasps> Bitchy Jones, oh my goodness. She was the first for real femdom blogger I found. I think like her blog has been closed for 10 years and I still have it in my blog list because it was so good. It was like one truth bomb after another. She was way ahead of her time in calling out all the bullshit. And I didn't always agree with her, but even when I disagreed, I still loved her. (laughs) Your blog has been a sea of sanity, a refuge. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. That is so lovely, Oscar. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it so much. I'm glad, really glad that it's helped you. Now, the question. You are very active on this blog, Twitter, Twitter and FetLife. Are there certain thoughts or types of content that you think work better in one place versus the other? Also, are you open to strangers friending you on FetLife, assuming they have an actual profile and a sincere message? It seemed like good manners to ask for permission first. Oscar. Oscar, I would be delighted if you sent me a friend request over on FetLife. Please do that. I'm always happy to... Friend people who say nice things to me. In fact, it is mandatory. If you say something nice to me, I will be your friend whether you like it or not. (laughs) I actually am very bad at social media and by that I mean I don't really think about what works better in one place versus the other. I think each has just naturally different um, focuses like Twitter, I just tweet random shit all day, <laughs> and it is truly random. I don't have a brand, I don't have a theme, I don't pretend to be das uberdom. I don't do anything except randomly tweet every single thought that pops into my head that has no value whatsoever. It's great <laughs> if you don't follow me on Twitter come on over let me know you're from my podcast um my twitter handle is ferns with two underscores because there is a woman who hasn't tweeted since 2008 who has my handle and i keep looking every you know every 6 months or so i look to see if she's abandoned it yet but no she's hanging on to that thing <laughs> so it's ferns double underscore if you want to find me over there my blog is for stuff that personally interests me and for more I guess wider thoughts that I have about mostly kink like nearly always kink or my personal life or what's going on with me so it is like a a journal that skews towards ds topics but sometimes I just throw in whatever, if I'm thinking about broader topics. So it is my space. And FetLife is purely for helping people. I don't use it to express my personal views in the writings or anything like that. When I post on there, I'm responding to people who are asking questions or people who are looking for some kind of input from someone with experience. So they're all very different things. So it's not that they work better, it's just that they're set up for different types of interactions. So, yeah, send me a, a friend request, Oscar. I'd be delighted if you did that. And that goes for my other podcast listeners also, if you're on Life, come friend me. Let me know where you're from, though, because, you know, sometimes I don't accept friend requests because I'm a cow like that sometimes. <laughs> Hello Ferns, hope you are well. I am, thank you, and there's a love heart. My husband and I are trying to start a sort of 24-7 dynamic where I'm in charge of basically everything besides his job-related things. I'm normally a quiet, submissive type myself, but I've been open to doing this and I want to explore with him. I'm feeling a bit odd about part of it, though. One of the main things he wants in this dynamic is basically me controlling his bad behaviour, i.e., swearing, yelling, pickiness with food, and making him behave how I want him to. But what I want him to do is more just acting like an adult, like not yelling and slamming things down, or eating some fucking vegetables for once. (laughs) These things correspond with life changes he claims he wants to make, but it seems he just won't do it unless I make him. I feel like I have to be a parent. Maybe this is an issue because I prefer BDSM in the bedroom, while he wants to live it. Any thoughts or advice appreciated as always. Lb. And I got another love heart. Thank you, Lb. Okay, I'm first going to spruik my book because you know I wrote a book called How to Handle Disobedience. It will help you, I promise. It's a wide-ranging book that covers everything from the foundational tenets of a relationship and how to set them up. And I start there because you can't handle disobedience in a vacuum. You just can't. So I talk about how to set up a relationship in which your submissive wants to obey you. And I talk about reasons why a submissive might disobey you and they are wide-ranging like there's a whole bunch of reasons he might be like this the reason I include all that in a how to handle disobedience book is because you cannot just address the disobedient behavior you cannot just deal with the act they're doing now unless you have set up a structure within which they feel safe within which they trust you to do the best that you can for yourself for them for the relationship and you have to have built that trust with them in ways that backs up your demand for obedience. And then I give you, because of course, a step-by-step practical way to deal with disobedience that works and takes you out of that role that he's trying to put you in. So part of the issue with disobedience is that there is a certain contingent of submissives and I think it's very common in inexperienced submissives and inexperienced dominance where the dynamic is he disobeys and by doing that he puts all the responsibility on her to make him obey and unsurprisingly that is fucking exhausting it is no fun And she ends up going, am I the parent here? Like, what is going on? Meanwhile, he gets to skip around doing whatever he wants and placing the responsibility of his behaviour on her. So that's what's happening with you and your husband. So go and get the book. I can't go into all of it here because it's much too long, but I have um, some step-by-step practical advice on how to deal with this kind of behaviour. The bottom line here is if he wants this relationship, then he has to step up and do his part. It is hugely unfair of him to abdicate his responsibility and lay it at your feet. He is setting you up to fail and that is hugely unfair. And you will fail. Because you are not responsible for his behaviour. He's a grown adult, like you said, and in abdicating his responsibility for his own behaviour, in not living up to his part of this DS agreement and not doing his part in the relationship, he is laying it all at your feet and it's unsustainable, it's unpleasant, it's tedious and you are absolutely right to feel like this is bullshit. Because it's bullshit. So yeah, get the book. I wish you every luck with it and I hope you'll come back and let me know how it goes. Hello, Ferns. As a fairly new Dom, I've recently had an issue with my sub. He has completely ghosted me. Oh, shit. Uh, I hate that. Having gone through vetting and eventually signing himself over to me. I contacted him to get his availability, confirmed his availability, and then planned to meet for a session. Just the week before, I did a video check-in for him to read his contract of servitude and devotion. All seemed good and well. Then the night before, no evening message and completely ghosting the next day. Have you had an experience with subs just dropping off? Love the podcast. Cheers, Mistress Roxy. I'm glad you're liking the podcast, Mistress Roxy. I am so sorry that happened to you. I am getting the impression you hadn't met yet. So it's hard to answer this question without understanding the context. What I'm kind of hearing is that it was all online and this first session was going to be the first meeting you had yeah that's the impression I'm getting so my advice to you you didn't even ask for advice you said have you had experience with subs just dropping off um I really I really haven't no I have I have had um discussions that ended when I think there was a bit more to say but it wasn't just oh, you're mine, all's good, and then they disappear. Not like that, no. It's very common, though, hugely common. In fact, um, I know that a lot of my dominant uh, friends will go to meetings at a coffee shop or whatever with a book because they expect the submissive not to turn up. It's that common. My advice to you, which you didn't ask for, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, because this is my podcast, I do what I want, Um, (laughs) is don't get into it before you meet them. So it sounds like you had all the discussions and the contract and the devotion talk and the servitude talk, and you hadn't even met him yet, and it's too early. Maybe. Like I'm not sure what kind of relationship you were looking for, but it sounds like a very formal high protocol as opposed to a personal romantic slash love-based relationship, so maybe a bit of a pure DS one, so just you the dominant, him the submissive with not really a romantic connection. So I get that you maybe wouldn't do a bunch of dates, then but I do think that if you're moving it into real life if you're meeting for a session then you need to do the vetting in person and not be a hundred percent full-on so if he's new and all of a sudden he gets this huge like everything about the contract and words like servitude and devotion when you haven't met yet, they are words that carry no weight. You know what I mean? They're just words and the contract is just a piece of paper because there's no foundation there because you don't know each other really. He feels no real connection and I think what happens with a lot of them is that when the rubber hits the road, they freak the fuck out because it's been this amazing thing that they've wanted forever probably or for a long time and then all of a sudden they're getting it and it's all of this import and not only do they not know how to deal with it, they don't think they can deal with it and then they ghost. Now I'm going to say this because it sounds like I'm, completely about the process not working but let me say this from a vetting perspective you can't know someone in a short amount of time there is a foundation that needs to like i mean just talked about this two seconds ago there's a foundation that has to be built of trust and friendship and respect and you can't do that with words you can't say for example you must respect me Yes, I respect you, mistress. It doesn't mean anything, you know what I mean? And I think in the online world there's a lot of words exchanged that people may even think 100% they mean this, but it has no weight. So it's very easy for someone to ghost because they don't think you're a real person. They don't think that you'll be hurt by it or confused. They think you're like a a cartoon two-dimensional figure that probably has a million other subs so you won't care. And I think in order to have some sort of foundation where that doesn't happen, you cannot be that to them. And, man, I tell you what, with new submissives, it is really hard to cut through that bullshit. And a lot of um, experienced dominant women will not take on newbies because they know this already. If you're a new dominant and you go in hard with the domly, dom, dom, domliness, the chances you're going to get ghosted or that they're not going to treat you like a human being are high. And I think all of the media, I guess, tells you how to be a dominant. And it's all, it is all high protocol and contracts and devotion and say some mantras and do these millions of tasks, but those are not the things that create connection. I think probably the best thing if you're having real life anything is to slow your roll, meet them first, and establish some level of trust and respect in person because until they meet you, you're not a real person to them. So they don't think much of just not appearing I'm sorry that happened to you. I know it sucks. Okay, I think that's about an hour and I have not yet hit all of the questions. (gasps) Maybe I should do another podcast sooner rather than later. Wouldn't that be a novel idea? (laughs) If you would like to ask me a question, you go to my blog and there is an ask me page. The questions are completely anonymous, you do not have to put a name on them, you do not have to say who you are, and I will not know, I promise you. If you want to read my blog, I'm over at domchronicles.com, d-o-m-m-e-chronicles.com. If you would like to support me and my content, please make your way over to my Patreon page. You can... Join up for, I think it's 16 or 17 cents a day. Surely I'm worth that. It's patreon.com forward slash Dom Chronicles, one word, and you will get a whole bunch of fabulous audio erotica in my sultry Australian tones. (laughs) There must be some 40 or 50 stories up there already, so you get all of them. And thank you for listening. I will speak to you next time. Bye for now.